morning to conclude our series of God and Kings. And we've worked our way through this book and we've talked about uh, kings that are, that are both good and uh, more often than not kings that were bad, right? And uh, last week we talked about Hezekiah and he was finally a good king and, and he returned to the worship of God and he, according to the Bible, was better than any king before or after him. He got rid of all of the idols. He got rid of everything and tore down all the poles and, and focused the nation once again on the worship of the one true God. But then, immediately after him, his son goes right back to idol worship. In fact, Manasseh is said to be the worst of all the kings of Judah. You get the best king and immediately you go to the worst and now it's kind of over for Judah. And Josiah is, is kind of this last remnant, this last good king. And in the midst of um, his, his rule, he comes across the word of God. And it had not been found in years. It was there in the temple, but because of so many years of idol worship and turning away from God, they had, they had abandoned this book. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at Josiah. I want to look at how he responds to the word of God when he finds it. And I think as we dig into this story, I, I believe there are going to be some learnings for us as well about what we should do and how we should treat this book also. So as we dig in, Josiah finds the law of the Lord, and the very first thing he does, as soon as he gets it, is quite obvious to us, right? He reads it. He studies it. So Josiah digs in, and, and he finds out that this, this book has been found, and, and immediately he wants it read. In fact, if we continue reading on in the story, he actually doesn't just read it for himself, but he proclaims that it must be read aloud to the people. You see, Josiah was on a good path. He was kind of doing good things. This story starts off by saying Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just like his father David had done. He was a good king, and yet some of the people had gone back to idol worship. Some of the people were, were still caught up in that. So when Josiah reads this and when he hears what the word has to say, he reacts, right? He's devastated. The very first thing he does when he reads the word of God is he tears his clothes. He hears this and he's broken. Not because he has sinned so gracious, so great, but because of the sins of his people. You see, Josiah is broken for the people of Judah. He knows that they've gone away from what God had called them to do. When Josiah hears the word of God, he, he reacts to it. Have you ever read something or learned something and immediately you responded emotionally? You know, you, you hear a story or, or you come across something and, and it just elicits a response immediately. That's what's going on with Josiah. He, he's read the word of God and immediately he's struck. Oh my goodness. He rips his clothes. He's devastated. The next thing he does is he responds to it. 
If we read on in the story in the rest of chapter 22 and we go on into chapter 23, you, you can learn and I encourage you to go home and, and, and take the opportunity to do that because I think it's very significant to the story. We just didn't have the time to read it all. But what Josiah does is, is after he reads the word of God, after he is emotionally struck by it, he goes and he begins this process. He goes into the temple and he finds out that there's all these idols go around still in the temple. He immediately has them tore down. And he finds out there's actually male prostitutes in the temple of God. He has all of them thrown out. In fact, that's not good enough. He has them thrown out of the country. And then he finds out that they've reinstituted the high places. And so he goes to all the high places and he tears them down and he destroys them. One by one, as he finds out the things that are going on in his nation, he gets rid of all of it. Because he's so affected by this book, so affected by it that he wants not only for himself but for everyone to not even have the opportunity to turn to another God. So he responds to it. Then he reaffirms his commitment to God. You see, one of the things that um, we find in the Old Testament is we, we have a series of covenants. God makes covenants with his people. You probably remember some of them, right? I mean, the, early, the earliest one starts out with Adam and Eve. What does God promise to them? Be their God, right? And he says, listen, everything that you have here is yours. He builds this incredible earth. He makes this incredible place for them to live. He says, just don't do one thing. Don't eat from this one tree. In fact, don't even touch it. Or you'll die. And so we don't know how long this, this covenant goes on, but it went on for some time, right? God would come and he would walk with them in the garden daily. And then finally one day the covenant is broken, right? Adam and Eve take the fruit, they eat it, they're talked into it, they eat it. And all of a sudden now they realize good and evil. They realize that they're naked. They were, they'd been naked for we don't even know how long. And all of a sudden they realize they're naked, they hide themselves, they make clothes, and then when God comes, they, they play the first ever game of hide and seek with them. Right? Just side note, don't play hide and seek with God. He's better at it than you are. He's gonna find you. Right? And so God finds them, and he, and you know, you remember that story. Well, we have a series of covenants throughout the Old Testament. God makes a covenant with David. God makes a covenant with Abraham. God makes a covenant with Moses. And so when Josiah comes across this, he's re reading these covenants and he realizes we, the people, have broken the covenant we made with God. God has held up his side of the bargain, right? He continues to be our God, but we are, we're not his people. We're going after other gods. And so he reaffirms the covenant and he, and he has the entire nation do the same. They begin this process of reading the covenant and learning the covenant and reestablishing the covenant with God. So when Josiah finds this book, it has this tremendous impact. He's first dealt with emotionally, right? And then he responds and does something about it. And then 
he ups the ante of his commitment and the commitment of the entire nation. And so when I look at this, I think there's some very practical things for you and I to take away from this as well. The first thing is this, right? When it comes to the word of God and we want to know how we should interact with this, kind of the first step is we've got to get something into our head, right? We have to study and learn from the Bible. That's a significant and important step. It seems like an obvious one, but this is more than just coming here and listening to me or Pastor Shane or Pastor Andy preach, right? This means taking this book and learning it for yourself. I listen to people talk about the Bible and they say, but Pastor Dave, it's hard to understand or it's, it can be confusing. And I'm just going to say this to you. There is power in the Word of God. As you read this book, you will find that it will change you. You will find that the more you learn about this, this love letter from God to us, that the closer it will bring you to him. There's something special. We don't worship the Bible, right? We worship the author of the Bible. But there is something very special and significant and powerful about this book. And as Christians, we have the privilege to be able to open it, to read it, to study it, to learn from it. And that needs to be the first step for all of us. And that's only the first step though, right? Because it's not enough simply to digest the information. Right? Something has to be done about it. Can you imagine, um, can you imagine if, uh, I decided that I was going to study health and nutrition. Some of you are looking at me, Pastor Dave, that would be a good choice for you, right? <laughs> and I decide to study health and nutrition, and, and I learn everything there is to know about like eating healthy and everything about exercising and working out, and I, and I learn all this information, right? And it's just, it's just here, and I'm, I'm like, I can spout it and, and talk about it and everything. I know everything about it, right? I'm like Richard Simmons. Wait, let me, let's strike that from the record. I don't, I don't ever want that to be repeated anywhere. Look, can we, can we erase that? I'm like Richard, no, no, never, never again. All right. I'm like uh, Denise Austin. I don't know. Give me someone else. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's better. All right. I am Arnold. And I, and I know everything about health and nutrition. And then so what I do is I know everything about this. And then I go home and I sit on the couch and I eat a Snickers bar. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Snickers really satisfies you. Um, no, I'm not doing anything with what I have in here, right? And sometimes we get stuck there too. So that's why this is only the first step is to learn this book. And now something else has to happen. And so it goes from our head and the next step is our heart, right? Like Josiah, we need to be motivated and changed by what we read and study and learn. We have to take it from simply learning it to having it affect us. So when Josiah heard the word of God, he was broken. He was devastated. It, it hit him deep in his heart. 
And we've all probably had experiences like that, right? Where maybe we read the Word of God or, or maybe we're struck with, with something we hear in a message or something and all of a sudden it pricks our conscience and our heart. I remember, um, you know, you all have heard me share my story a lot, and I grew up in the church, and I was one of, you know, I was a little church kid. I was there every time the doors were open. I knew, I knew a lot about the Bible, and, and I, you know, we did Bible drills at my school, and I could turn to the, any passage in Scripture fast, and I memorized Bible verses, but it really never penetrated to my heart. And then one day when I was at this summer camp that I went to, to play volleyball with girls, that's really why I went, right? And um, I'm at this summer camp, and I'm reading in First John, and for the first time in my life, I experienced this. I'm reading First John. I'm actually skipping the meetings, and I'm reading in First John, and I'm overwhelmed with God's love for me. The particular passage I was reading was in First John 3, and it says, how great the Father's love for us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I knew that. I had known that for years. I knew that God was our Father. I knew He had loved us. I knew that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I knew all of that. But this was the first time that it penetrated my heart. And there I am skipping the meeting and all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed and, and now it, it hits my heart and I've got to do something about it. And so I run and find the meeting. I run where they're at in the church and I interrupt the meeting and I tell everyone about what has just happened because I'm struck by the word of God. And that's what has to happen in our lives. We have to read and study this and allow God to do the work in our heart. And then when God does the work in our heart, we need to act in response to what we learn. That's when we get our hands dirty, right? That's when we have to do something. So for Josiah, what did he do? When he heard the word of the Lord and he saw that Israel, specifically Judah, had violated the covenant, what did he do? He went all throughout the nation on an idol-busting campaign. He got rid of every possible connection to Baal or any God other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that there was in the nation. Destroyed it. I'm sure not everyone was happy about that, right? I'm sure people resisted. I'm sure people were upset at him and yet he did it because of what he read because of what he learned because of what God was doing in his heart he had to respond that's why I say almost every Sunday the most important part of the sermon is not what you learn it's not what you hear it's not what the pastor whoever's preaching that day says the most important part of a sermon is what you absorb into your heart and what you do when you leave. When God speaks to you and teaches you something, when you walk out those doors, are you going to do anything about it? And I, and I hope that doesn't mean, I'm not, when I say you, I'm saying you, like pointing at myself first. 
Because that's, that's what God is calling us to. That's the example we learned from Josiah. He studied the law. He learned it. It affected his heart. And then he did something about it. In, uh, in youth ministry, it's kind of a, an interesting thing because, we, you know, uh, Pastor Shane could tell you and, and anyone who's worked with kids, the nice thing about youth ministry is they respond pretty quickly, right? Now, getting them to stick with the response is the more challenging thing. But you go on a retreat or you'll give a message and all of a sudden the kids will jump up and respond, right? And I remember uh, I was at a church up in Atlanta and I was preaching, and I was preaching on a, <coughs> a famous verse from Scripture, Micah 6.8. And I'm preaching on this, and this one little girl came up afterwards, and she's like, Oh, Pastor Dave, I, I'm just, God is working in my heart because this message, you don't even understand what he's doing. And, and she was all excited, and you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sharing excitement with her. And so her immediate response was to do something about it. This is what she did. All right? She got the verse tattooed on her arm. Now, listen, I'm not anti-tattoos. I have one myself. However, as a youth pastor, you do not want the kids in your youth group to get a tattoo as a result of one of your messages. Because that inevitably leads to an angry parent phone call. Which is the worst thing in all of youth ministry, true or false. The angry parent phone call, right? This particular one was one of the most angry ones I've ever gotten because it was a very, very public tattoo she got. It was large. It covered like her entire arm. And, uh, and mom and dad were, were very, they were, uh, let's, we'll just say they were, they were very genteel southern people. And this was not as fitting into their culture, per se. And at some point in the conversation, I think I said, well, at least it's a Bible verse. And that didn't go over very well either. <laughs> right? But I remember um, her, her, um, her parents wanted me to tell her to get it erased. And, I, and I, you know, so I talked to her about it. But the main thing I said is, okay, so your response to this message touching your life is to get a tattoo? Now, the tattoo, that's between you and your parents, but between you and God is what's written on those words. If God spoke to you about this message, are you going to do justice? If God spoke to you about this message, are you going to love kindness? Are you going to walk humbly? Are you going to do the things, or are you just going to get a tattoo? And I think too often in life, we, we hear something, God speaks to us, and, and it's motivating. We might even share about it with other people, or particularly today, right? We write great sermon on social media, God taught me this, right? And that's good. That's good that you're putting a flag in the ground, so to speak, that you're remembering, or you, you're taking notes on an action, but are you doing it? And for Josiah, he took this thing that God had pricked his heart and conscience with, and he did it. Right? We're a church where we say we're all about grace. And that's true. And we don't have to do anything to earn God's favor. But when God does a work in our heart, don't we want to do things for him? 
Don't we want to respond? Don't we want to honor him and bring him glory by acting on what he's telling us to do? Of course. And so we hear from the word of God and we learn and it penetrates our hearts and God pricks our conscience and, and, and he calls us to action. But also, he calls us all to a mission. Right? Before Jesus left, he kind of left us with, with some, with some mar- you know, marching orders, so to speak. He started off and he, he was teaching us, right? And he, and he summed up all of the law and he said, hey, all these 631 laws, I'm going to simplify it to you. Don't worry about knowing all 631. Just remember this. Love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself, right? We call that the great commandment. And then right before he left, he left us another marching order, right? He said, Go into all the nation. Preach the gospel. And baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call that the Great Commission. So when we read this book and learn it, and it penetrates our heart, God is calling us to be Great Commandment and Great Commission Christians. People that love him, that love the world, and that share his love with the world. And at Advent, we say that's what we're all about, right? We keep saying again and again, love is why we're here. It's a love for God, it's a love for people, and it's a love for sharing that love with the world. So I'm going to encourage myself and all of us to take Josiah's example, to read and study and learn and know this book, to allow God to penetrate our hearts with its message, to respond to what he tells us to do and to share his love with the world. Amen.